0: Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley Podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. So, Today's episode is a slightly different twist. I call this a reverse interview. See, I don't just interview guests, for the Mind Valley podcast. I get invited quite frequently to appear on other really solid, remarkable podcasts. And a couple of days ago, I got invited by Tracy Fenton of World Blue to come on her podcast to talk about the concept of democracy and power in the workplace. And no, it sounds political, but what we really mean by this is what happens when you give your people a say? What happens when you give your people power to help build a company's future? It's a fascinating topic. And WorldBlue is an organization that promotes happiness at work. Mindvalley was the first company to get WorldBlue certified in all of Asia. That happened way back in 2008. And since then, we've been a big supporter of Tracy Fenton, World Blue, and this whole idea of promoting happiness at work. Some of you who know that I have a new book coming out called Code of the Extraordinary Team, that's the tentative title. A chapter of it is dedicated to creating workplaces that promote happiness. So in this particular podcast, we're going to talk about these issues. Tracy and I don't agree on everything. There are certain things we might respectfully disagree with each other. And this podcast, what makes it interesting is that if you run a company or if you're currently working for a company, it's designed to reframe how you view the organization. I'm going to draw on from a lot of wisdom I've learned from great leaders who run companies, including Larry Page of Google, Peggy McCord, who helped co-author The Culture Deck of Netflix. And I think it's something that you're going to find absolutely fascinating, even if you aren't a CEO or a company founder. So again, let's get started with our reverse interview with Tracy Fenton of World Blue. This was originally published on the World Blue podcast. If you're interested in company culture, definitely go check that out. The podcast is called Freedom at Work. And we are now going to play it here for our Mind Valley listeners. vision and this is the Mind Valley podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Tracy Fenton, founder of World Blue, and it is great to be with you today. Today, we're exploring freedom at work within a high growth company. My guest today is Vishen Laklani, founder and CEO of Mind Valley, an American company with operations in Malaysia. Vishen is also the author of the book called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, which hit the number one place on Amazon globally. Five times last year, and he's also the author of the forthcoming book called Code of the Extraordinary Team, coming out January 2020. Mind Valley is a World Blue certified Freedom Center workplace, and Vision, you've sustained this prestigious certification every year since 2008, which is absolutely extraordinary. Mind Valley is over 10 years old and is still doing 20 to 30% revenue growth year over year completely outstripping their competition. I am so honored and delighted to have my friend and inspiration to me Vision Laklani, on the program with me today. Thanks Vision so much for being with me.
0: Hi Tracy. Thank you for that intro. That was a pretty amazing intro.
1: Well, I want you to tell our listeners more about mind valley because you know we were talking prior to the show and obviously i've been tracking mind valley's success as we've been working together over the years and it's just extraordinary the vision that you have that's for the world so tell our listeners a little bit more about mind valley's number one goal
0: well i'm the son of a teacher a public school teacher and i grew up wanting to be a teacher but as i went through my life i always Felt that education was broken. I had a horrible public school experience. I graduated from a great university with a computer engineering degree. But, you know, I did that more to please my family and to please what society was saying I needed to do rather than to please myself. Mm. And at a certain point, I found myself in Silicon Valley, jobless. The dot-com bubble had burst. It was 2002. I was completely broke and unemployed. And I guess in desperation, I took a class on meditation. And long story short, that class shifted something in me. And in my shitty little job, I ended up getting three promotions in four months. And it was all because I'd taken this class on meditation. I was starting to use my mind in these different ways from being able to tune in to my intuition, to being able to visualize my goals while being able to go into rested, altered states of mind, to being able to deal with the fear of getting on these phone calls to pitch technology to lawyers. And I realized why the hell didn't I ever learn this stuff in school? Here I was broke. I'd lost my business. I'd lost all my money. I didn't even have car insurance and I just crashed into another car and owed the insurance company thousands of dollars. My life was miserable. I felt like a failure. And then I take this meditation class and all of a sudden there seems to be this light at the end of the tunnel. And Mm -hmm. so I decided. I got to explore this further. So I quit my job. Now, before quitting my job, I've been promoted so many times. I was now director of sales. i had been shipped over to New York, to start the New York division of the company. And I went to my wife and I'm like, I'm going to quit this job and become a meditation instructor. I want to see how far I can push this. So I quit my job. I've become a meditation instructor for five years. And I realized that, you know, if you want to really go broke, Quit your (laughs) high-paying technology job and start teaching meditation. So that's what happened, and then I realized, okay, look, there surely there's a better way to do this than to be teaching like 20 people in a room at a time to peace out, right? So I start building this company called Mind Valley, and it starts growing and growing and growing, and soon we go beyond meditation to biohacking, to health, to wellness, and eventually we evolve into Mind Valley University. Now, 10 years have elapsed, and Mind Valley's goal is to create a new education model for the entire planet. Our stated goal is to get a billion people onto the world's greatest online school, focused on transformational education, which means not just meditation, that's certainly an important dynamic of it, but also nutrition, exercise, relationships, conscious parenting, biohacking, speed learning, all of these different things that make us better human beings. That's school pretty much completely ignores. See, we're moving in a world where AI, where robotics are going to take away a lot of our jobs, where the stuff we learn in school, you'll soon be able to summon that type of data from your personal artificial intelligence on your smartphone. And so what is it that human beings should be learning? And certainly it's not the stuff that we currently pursue in university programs. (laughs) So Mindvalley's goal is to take this arena that is often called transformational education and get it into all the major Fortune 500 companies into every major schooling system in the world and to a billion consumers. And that's what I wake up trying to do every single day. My goal is to build the world's greatest education brand. And that means building a brand that is as great, preferably greater than Harvard or Stanford to be the apple of education. So everything I do, Everything that drives me from the time I wake up to go to bed is designated around this one course to create the biggest leap in human consciousness our species has ever experienced by completely radically transforming human education globally.
1: I love it, Vishen. Sign me up. I mean, I've been so impressed, and I've done many of the Mind Valley courses through the years, and this vision you have coming from the pain and struggle in the early days of your life to go, wait a second, there is a whole nother level that we need to be learning on these life skills, the self-knowledge, the self-growth, all these things to really help us live a world-class life and optimize life in every area. And I love that it's a global vision. And what's been so incredible is as you've grown this vision and now built a multi-million dollar company, which is so extraordinary and inspiring is that you've been building Valley using freedom and organizational democracy along the way, which I think really right. does, as we'll talk more about, help with scaling and growth. For
0: your listeners, I have to share something with you. The reason we had to do that wasn't because we thought it was cool or anything. And this is a crazy story. It's because in 2003, I was working in the United States. I'd lived there for about a decade with my wife, who's from Europe. And that's when, you know, I started building up the company that would eventually become Mindvalley. So we registered as a U.S. company. And then in 2004 or 2003, I get added to a Muslim watch list, the same kind that Trump now wants to bring back. I mean, I'm not trying to get political, but that watch list existed in 2003. I'm not blaming anyone because it was two years after September eleven and the world was a very different place. And I was born in a Muslim country and I happen to be brown and I sometimes don't shave and I have a beard. So <laughs> I get edited watchless and all of a sudden I have to report to the government every 28 days for fingerprinting and to <laughs> have my mug shot taken and to give them my credit cards, you know, in case I bought fertilizer or something. So all of a sudden, my wife and I, we wanted our kid born in America, we wanted to raise a nice little American baby, but all of a sudden we decide I can't live here. If I'm treated like I'm on parole. And so I pack my bags, I move back to Malaysia, and Mind Valley takes form in Malaysia. And in Malaysia, all of a sudden, no way to get investment. The country is a developing country. 1% of the population is leaving every year. And so I go into the second big depression of my life and I'm wondering, what the hell do I do? And I realize, look, if this country has such big brain drain, what if I could flip the switch? Buckminster Fuller always inspired me. And he has a quote which goes something like this. When faced with an intractable problem, don't try to solve the problem. Rather, create a vision that renders that problem obsolete. Mm. So I set a vision. I want to build the world's greatest place to work by the year 2020. I gave myself a stretch goal. So this was 2004, right? Mm -hmm. And I start hacking away at that goal. And all of a sudden, it starts taking shape. Driven by that goal, we start attracting talent from around the world. And all of a sudden, we start draining brains from other countries. They start coming to Malaysia, to Kuala Lumpur, to work for Mindali because we've created this super unique culture. And we start growing and growing and growing. And the crazy part is there's no VC money. And so we have to hack that as well. And so we end up overtaking our competition in the U.S. We end up overtaking our competition, which has been fueled by to $20 million worth of VC money, completely bootstrapping because all of this amazing talent is flocking to Mindvalley. If you go to our website right now, mindvalley.com, and you click on about us and you look at my team, they come from 47 different countries. And in the office I was in today, there's probably about 40 different nationalities working from that one office. 40 different nationalities. That's and so this focus on culture, on democracy in the workplace, we became the first Asian company to win the World Blue Award. It was yeah. 2,000 people yeah. just started attracting more and more and more and more talent. And so, you know, I really wanted to emphasize the power of what you espouse. It helped us overcome being in a developing nation. It helped us overcome being rejected by every darn investor that I tried to pitch my crazy idea to, but still... We are growing at a ridiculous rate, attracting amazing talent, and it's all about culture.
1: It's all about culture, isn't it? And I love, thank you for sharing that story because here you started with basically nothing, you know, ground zero and everything comes down to, it doesn't matter how great your product or service is, right? If you don't have a world-class culture that's sustaining it and are able to attract world-class people, forget it. And you've been able to do that with people from 47 nationalities worldwide because of this freedom-centered and democratic approach. I firmly believe, and this is why we teach this at World Blue. That organizational democracy, which is a 10 principles that create a democratic system like transparency and accountability and choice, when all those are in operation it creates the optimal conditions for success. And we have companies coming to us every day going, I want to scale. I want to attract the best and brightest talent. How do we keep them? How do we retain them in this competitive job market? Newsflash. It's not to keep operating in that same hierarchical command and control way. It's about giving real power to your people. It's freedom with accountability. Freedom isn't a free-for-all. It's not laissez-faire. It's not anarchy. There has to be accountability with it, but the results are amazing. And I want to read this quote, Vision, As you know, we often ask our World Blue Certified Freedom Center companies, hey, We'd like an esteem from your employees telling us what it's like to work in this kind of environment. And I want to read this quote by your colleague, Jason, who's a sales consultant there at Mind Valley. Here's what he says about working at Mind Valley. He says, the moment I joined Mind Valley, I was respected. From my opinions and feedback. I was able to push amazing ideas forward, and everyone there is pushing the boundaries of excellence. I love seeing the new people and inspiring them to take ownership, bring ideas, and to voice an opinion. There isn't any kind of manager-employee friction, but more of a master-apprentice relationship. Proof of Freedom at Work's benefit is the rapid innovations happening every week and the rapid growth we see year on year. What do you think about that? What do you think about the fact that this is how your employees feel working at Mind Valley?
0: That's really cool, and Jason's an exceptional guy. I think he's now been with us five, maybe six years, and he came from Canada, uh, moved all the way to Kuala Lumpur. And yes, I would say that's true in many ways. It's not true for everyone, and I think there are a couple of misconceptions about workplace democracy. I'd love to talk about that. Yeah, first. let's do
1: it. Go ahead.
0: So the first thing is because of the fact that you know we were the first company in this part of the world to win that award. A lot of people here think that it means laissez-faire. It means that everybody has a voice. Actually, that's not really how it works in the real world. So for example, if you read Ray Dalio's book, Principles, right? Ray Dalio, who runs this company based on really powerful principles, wrote about how he had sort of an algorithm to rank ideas. And certain people who had a proven track record, any idea from them would score higher in this algorithm and was more likely to be listened to. And in Valley, we kind of have something like this as well. So everyone in the company has my WhatsApp number. You can join the company, and in 24 hours, as soon as you have a Mind Valley email account, even if before you've passed induction or probation, you can WhatsApp me anytime, any day with an idea.
1: And how, and how many employees, well, vision Just so people have a perspective, how many employees does Mind Valley now have?
0: Three hundred.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: And they all text me. If I open my WhatsApp, I get like 50 messages a day. <laughs> and then all of them are also in direct communication with me in Slack. So that's the first thing, right? Anybody can reach out, but. They all know that it doesn't mean that their idea is going to go forth. If the idea shows promise, I'll send it to the right department. So, for example, a random new person just sent me an idea on a new design for a Mind Valley t shirt. And it sounds so random. We're not even looking for such ideas. But there was a mark of genius in it. Boom, it gets sent to a different department. But 90% of the ideas just get trashed. And people get that. They get that because they get that. If one idea sucks, doesn't mean your second or your third or your 40 or 50 or six is going to also suck. And so ideation is about practice. So that's one thing, right? Everybody can communicate all the time, but everybody knows that, you know, we're going to be really straightforward. If your idea sucks, your idea sucks. I don't have to adopt every idea. Now, the second thing that we do, and this is really, really, really interesting, and it really stretches democracy. So, we created a process in our company called envisioning. It means every department in the company maintains a Google Doc called an envisioning doc. And that Google Doc is essentially a vision of where they want to take that department. So customer support might set a vision to be the world's best customer support team in Asia. Our event division might set a vision to launch a festival and have 20,000 people attend. And they go deep on these Google Docs. They paste images, they paste diagrams, they paste articles they've read in books. But here's the thing, right? From day one at Mind Valley, from day one, as soon as you have a Mind Valley account, you can go to any envisioning doc and edit it. You can go to the envisioning doc for HR and make an edit. You can say, I want to see HR doing this thing, even if you're not part of that HR team. So imagine being able to go and see thousands of pages of company vision and actually go ahead and edit those things. I love that. It's absolute trust. So direct communication through WhatsApp and envisioning docs are two principles we bring in for total democracy. That we're not chaotic about it. So we run a company based on OKRs. OKRs were popularized at Intel. They're used by Google. And OKRs stand for Objective and Key Results, right? So we have trickled down OKRs all the way from the company's big five goals for the next 20 years, we really think 20 years ahead, all the way down to every individual. Everybody has every team, every division, all the OKRs are aligned. But here's the thing. In terms of the OKR principle, what we practice is Top down 50 50. And it means roughly if you're working in a team, 50% of your OKRs are coming from the top, 50% are coming from you and your team. So Mm. it's top down 50 50. And so in any particular set of OKRs, you know, there's this beautiful mixture of things which upper management, CEO are bringing forth and the employees at that level. Bringing upwards. So that creates that healthy balance, and there's a constant battle of ideas, and it's only about one thing which is the better idea? You know, and people get to test the ideas, and everything is aligned with OKRs and numbers. So these three principles flat communication, everybody can WhatsApp the CEO at any time with any crazy idea, the ability for anyone from day one to come and edit the company's vision. Literally leave their mark in the company's vision, or comment, or blot out, or question. And third, top-down OKRs. Those three things were probably some of the biggest things we put into place. I'm Vishen Lakhiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.